What is up, ladies and gentlemen? We are back. It is the Four Mandalore podcast. Boys, we had an explosive season finale. A lot of points to get to. Yeah. Um, really, we, we we predicted a lot of what was going to happen uh, on the last episode. Some things were off, some things were on. Um, guys, where do you think the best point is to start at for, for this final episode of The Mandalorian for this season? Mm, I don't know, because it is chock full of things There's to just break so many, down and so things many. to talk about. I don't know, maybe we just kind of approach it chronologically and then see where this thing goes in terms of structure because um yeah, to kind of cherry pick and choose. I mean, there's 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 moments beginning to end. I loved everything with Moff Gideon. Um I mean, the 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 jump at the, the tie fighter how how Mandalorian takes down the Tie Fighter at the end is one of the best action scenes I've ever seen. Sick. Um, the Nurse Droid we were just talking about him before we started the recording. Ig. So yeah, there's a ton to start with. So so maybe we just start there. We start where the episode starts with Baby Yoda in Imperial hands and uh, two stormtroopers rolling up to the town where we know that Moff Gideon just uh, killed. A, 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 a members of you know his own, his own troops when he showed up kind of make a point and so these two stormtroopers they capture baby Yoda <laughs> and they're going to town and they radio in say hey are we good to come in and the guy's like yeah but I would double check you know just to be clear because Moff Gideon did just kill a whole troop of his own guys kind of prove a point and then I think we are treated to what I believe to be the funniest scene in all of Star Wars. That, that was the hilarious. The funniest scene that we have seen in any Star Wars. Jesse, sit up on that mic there. Get close to that mic. Um, I I thought that was those two stormtroopers talking about Gideon and just kind of giving us some insight in the daily life of what's it's like to be a boots on the ground peon in the Empire. It was, it was fantastic. No, I thought they were hilarious and I think the the treatment of Yoda or Baby Yoda or whatever we're calling him now, the Savior, the Chosen One. Do we want to use the term that you came up with? I think we can get there. The Yodalorian. The Yodalorian. <laughs> we, we will end up there. I mean, later. if we're going there, we we we'll take it there. I think, but for this first scene, they were hilarious. Yeah. And they were funny. It gave you a glimpse into. You don't want to be a high-ranking member of Vader's team, and you also just don't want to be a random member of Moff Gideon's uh, Empire team, because in those two scenarios, your life is... <laughs> it is hanging on by a thread. And the balance. It is tenuous. You I just live in second just, to second. I love it. He's like... Uh, well, that scene too was interesting, because it was very funny, and it kind of humanized him in a way, but it also... They did a very clear job, and it's the easiest thing ever. Hey, have them punch Baby Yoda so that we still want them to die. Right. Like, we don't yeah, want to make them yeah. so funny where you feel bad for them. So it's like, have them punch Baby Yoda. But to me, the, the funniest parts of the scene, I love when he's like, I get the point. Do you get the point? Right. Like, he, just, <laughs> he just killed a dozen of his own men. I love when they come back on the radio. And the guy's like, ah, oh, well, Moff Gideon just killed an officer for interrupting him. So And he's just kind of like... His head drops in resignation. Right. He's just like, oh, God. And then, I mean, what is funnier than these stormtroopers with bad aim trying to shoot a can on the ground and both whiffing? And then he shakes the gun by his ear and it makes the, the, the spray paint. It makes that, like, paint cans uh, sound. It was just, oh, man. 
beginning to end, that that scene, it started in a very unexpected and light way. Uh, and, and it just, like I said, I, I don't think that's an exaggeration. I think it is the funniest Star Wars scene there has ever been. I was laughing out loud multiple times. Yeah, it was really funny. And then here comes the nurse droid. The nurse droid riding in hot. Dude, how about how he took down those stormtroopers? Just totally badass. Like, broke broke the first one's wrist. Yeah, I mean, and, and you see, uh, we, we, we kind of asked a lot of questions going in. How is IG going to be different uh, based on his programming? And, and you can tell, yes, he is different, but he is very much the same. You know, in the fact that he just is is doing what he's doing for a different purpose. Now. Well, he has his same uh, base physical skill set, but as Queel tells us, droids are butter, but a neutral reflection of their makers. And Queel, he worked that he he reworked that IG droid, and although it still has its incredible combat skill, because that's like its base motor functions, its motivations are now different. He yeah. programmed them a different way. And he is all about protecting the Yodalorian at all costs. That's right. And he, I mean, when he slams that stormtrooper into the speeder bike multiple times, that was just, I mean, that was overpowering. Yeah. It was awesome. Yeah, no they doubt. stood no chance. No chance. And uh, then none. The speeder bike is still one of the coolest of all the things you can ride that have ever been invented in Star Wars Galaxy. Just in like yeah. in like movie kind oh, of lore, right? Like that's just, just great awesome. design, concept, everything. I mean, stick with what works there. And the Mandalorian has taken full advantage of speeder bikes oh, this yeah. year. We've seen multiple scenes. Actually the the one episode that, you know, we all kind of said maybe wasn't the best, uh the the young bounty hunter episode them riding the speeder bikes through the desert was actually the best part of that episode. Right. But I thought that would be peak speeder bike. And then this episode, we're treated to uh, IG flying through a city at full speed, just popping people. Somebody tweeted during the LSU Oklahoma game uh, that you know, like, look, live look at LSU Oklahoma, and then had the <laughs> had the gif of IG just zapping through, just mowing him down. I mean, dude. mowing him down. Okay, but before we get there, right? Um, okay, so that scene was very funny and everything. Interesting way to start the episode because it's very light. The episode, the previous one ended. Very heavy. And I would actually say this. Anybody who maybe wants to, if you watch the last two episodes together, you basically just have like a really good Mandalorian movie. Right. You just yeah. watch them back to back. Like it's very fun. It's like an hour and a half. It's super cool. And it's the two-parter. It's the Filoni two-parter. The Filoni yep. special. He, is, he yep. has mastered this. He he did it in Clone Wars, in which is now starting to get a lot of hype. People are doing February, a lot bro, of are rewatching. Yeah, new yes. season. Final episodes? February. How pumped? I just got goosebumps. How pumped are you? I, I'm very excited. Now, like last week, I said, look, give it to me, y'all. Give me the streaming Obi-Wan series. Yeah. Give me the Yodelorian with the wielding dark saber and flying around armor. And now we've got Clone Wars coming out in February. You're going to have, which just, I'm going to say this now. Just from the timing, you've got Dark Saber arrival at the very end, which just linked Mandalorian to Clone Wars yep. and Rebels. Love that. Not like that it had not already been, but it solidified it as here it, it is. It's been one of the questions that we've asked on the podcast all season. Will we see the Dark Saber? Right. And we asked we it last week, did. or we asked it last yep. time, and you know I was a little reminiscent. I said, "Man, I don't know," but I mean, Filoni, 
Darksaber, Clone Wars, and the Darksaber, and I've been reading a lot of this stuff online, because when you got the Christmas break, you get to see everybody break down. You've been deep in the lore. Oh, You've I've been, been going deep. you a lot of uh, Star Wars And text. there's a lot of these, you know, it's either Hashtag or Screen Rant or Cinema.com. Well, they talk about this is, uh, is Din Djarin, which is, as we now know, is Mando. Yeah. Is he the heir to the Darksaber? And I think that is completely flawed logic. Because is the there dark, an heir? I thought it was there, just taken by military. I, I, I will say this. It originally was a Visla weapon for the only single lightsaber or single Jedi from the Mandalorian world. There was only been uh. one. And he was pre-Visla. He was the start of it all. He was the one that rode the Mythosaur. He is just, a, by all accounts, a complete badass. So he's like the Mandalorian badass. Jesus a little bit? I mean, he is warrior Jesus, if, he, if, if we're going to give him that. But yeah. he is the first, right? His dark saber is then given to the Jedi as a Jedi Temple artifact, right? This thing is. Is the, it the first ever saber? No. Okay. No. It's the first ever dark saber. Yeah. It's yeah. the only black saber. How do you make it? Black kyber crystal? There's, I, there's a, there needs to be some research on this, so I don't want to go down the rabbit hole yeah. of, of not knowing. But when he died. The Jedi said, I'm going to stick this thing as an artifact. We don't know really what it is. So but what it's become since is, one, the Mandalorians broke into a fully operational primetime Jedi temple and stole it back. Damn. So Clan Vizsla steals it back. So then it becomes the Excalibur, right? It becomes the Sword of the Morning. And is this Dawn in Star. Clone Wars time during Death Watch when what's his name has it? Callus? Pre, pre that. Okay. Okay. So it comes up, and then it and then it shows up, and it's become what I call it's a harbinger, right? Yeah. It's one of these weapons we've seen it in other fantasy series. It's like a demon sword or a dark weapon that whoever holds it. Life, it's kind of like the throne in Game of Thrones. Yeah, your your behind is only sitting on there. That's a hot seat. This is a hot sword, and so it doesn't belong to any particular heir. It belongs to whoever the baddest motherfucker is who took it, claimed me and Nick. It can only be one in single combat. Single combat. It can be found, which it's been rediscovered, but it's kind of like always rediscovered at these real tumultuous times in Mandalorian history. And so all of a sudden, when you see Moff Gideon cut himself out which how how excited were oh, you I was, being a big I, I mean holy, that was I mean, awesome I, thought of you I immediately mean when that when that first little edge of the blade pop my wife had no like, idea yeah. I was like oh! <laughs> like, what are you, like what are you so excited about and it looked really amazing wow. in live action so good live action that and the vibro blades Right, the, we we got we got our yeah. first yeah, live did. action views yeah. into those this year and they they really nailed both but i immediately thought to myself Moff Gideon's character doesn't is not long for the galaxy because oh, because I once you once you break that thing out, it's game on now. Am yeah. I swarming towards and you? There's at this some point. ambitious. I'm, well, I'm, I would say there's ambitious Mandalorians, but there don't seem to be son, too many ambitious There's a Yoda foundling left. out there. <laughs> that is. I mean, been blessed by the armorer in many ways after she did some blessing of some stormtroopers, which oh we'll get to. I mean. The blacksmith. Just beat the shit out like, of them. Unbelievable. Yeah, and I love these slow motion. Like, if you have the war hammer or if you're wielding the hammer, and you know how to do it, and you've got this strength. It's just crunching. Well, okay, oh, yes. so so what's interesting about that is Star Wars armor, for whatever reason, outside of Mando's Beskar, Star Wars armor is terrible. 
why do stormtroopers wear armor? Like, That's what is their question. armor? What is their does, armor does actually stop? Right? It's never stopped a laser bolt. I guess it would be effective against a punch, maybe. But we've yeah. seen Ewok rocks. Like, but but so but back in medieval times, where I'm going with this is the way to beat a heavily armored individual was with a hammer. Right. It was with a a a uh, what do you call it? A, a not a pounding weapon. I don't know what the word I'm looking for is right now. A bludgeoning. 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 Thank you. Thank you. It was with a bludgeoning weapon. It wasn't like stabbing or trying to cut because you couldn't get through. But you could smash a mask. You could dent a helmet into somebody's skull. And when she is hitting them in the face and you see the little bits of helmet just like oh my shatter, God. it's so visceral. You can feel the crunch. And it answered a question that y'all had. They did not move the forge. We no, were like, y'all were like, no, how the fuck are they no. going to move this thing? That, that equipment must be like ridiculously crazy. Like, you know, talking like UPS logistics here, but like getting that from place to place cannot be any. I don't know easy how you act. do it. It looks like it's built into the ground. No, yeah, it really. It looks like it's part of the the sewers. Nick, you're a big Mandalorian person in terms, of especially the old Republic Mandalorian culture, and we'll get more into the old Republic and how much of the old Republic is canon, isn't canon, what it means. Uh, but were you a little upset when you saw all of these Mandalorian helmets and armors? Obviously, the the Imperials kind of buckling down and killing a lot of the already lightly numbered Mandalorians. Yeah, it's it's a very you know sobering sight to see that when you when you think of how far that they had come in that just one little settlement. Thinking about like the foundlings that were there, the people that were just starting to reestablish that community, um, and they really. They really died for Mando. They died for Din Djarin. So, as the blacksmith said, she's like, "Show me this. Like, who is like? Show me this kid that like all this sacrifice was deemed worthy for." Because he, they really exposed themselves to get him and the kid out of there. So yep. you really gotta, you gotta realize like that sacrifice has gotta, it's gotta weigh on Mando. It's gotta be a part of Din Djarin's character going forward. Thinking about the brothers that he lost and the family that he lost and the foundlings that he lost. It's really something that when we, yeah, at one side, yeah, a bunch of killed people is sad, but when you think about the effect on the character, yeah, I think that's something significant that we have to think about going forward. That's a good point. Um, it really is some glue where it's like Din Djarin now has to feel like, okay, I have to make this worth it. Right. Right. And I think she, when she saw Yoda, there's something clicked. Cause she, she knew she was like, all right, She's also had some inkling of the Force. What did she say? She said, like, I've heard of these powers. Right, which is like we talked about. Obviously, nobody knows. Like, no. Uh, outside of a few people, the Jedi and the Force is still a just folklore, myth, so, right. so not here's, real. Here's something I've always wondered, because we're not that far off from the Republic, where Jedi were a key feature, right? Like, we're probably, at this point, like, 37 years maybe after the fall of the Republic, something like that, around there. I'm wondering if even at the height of their power, were Jedi that well-known actually throughout the universe? Maybe they were, maybe they weren't. I feel like I've gotten mixed signals from Star Wars at time. Maybe this is just a massive, massive propaganda operation by the Empire that they pulled off very well. But yes, the knowledge of the Force, and it's the same thing when we meet Han. In A New Hope, back in the, he he tells us, I've been from one side of the galaxy to the other, and I haven't seen nothing resembling like an all-powerful force. Yeah, he doesn't want to believe that it exists at all. Yeah, so there is, um, whether it's a propaganda technique, or maybe it wasn't as well-known in the first place, yes, there is not a general knowledge of... Because I, I always assume that Din Djarin just kind of knew what Baby Yoda was doing. He doesn't. 
No. No. He's, he's just like, whoa, this whole thing has, like, superpowers, basically. Like, what the hell? This is crazy. And he flexed him again. <laughs> yes. And, I mean, yes. he flexed him again <laughs> this week. Wait, wait. But, okay, before we leave the blacksmith scene, because I know we're obviously, it's like a dog with too many tennis balls, right? There's so much going on. Um, Jesse, after episode one, you were not on the podcast, but you told me after episode one that you thought that we could be witnessing uh in baby yoda a a potential yoda that would lead the mandalorians a force wielding mandalorian who would be at the head of the clans reunite the clans and so i guess how how was it for you when you hear the blacksmith charge mando with taking care of baby t- telling telling mando that this is the way this is your family right you are its father and now she said, "Don't train." She did say not to train him. Which yeah. But like, yeah. let's get real. Yeah, come on. I mean, <laughs> yeah, that this is what else are they gonna do? Right. Well, I will say this: they will search for Yona's homeworld. Right. That's his mission, and through that training will come. Here's the deal, though: do we actually get now information on Yoda's oh, homeworld? Oh yeah, I think that's I think that may be from a the grand, you know, all the Star Wars galaxy stuff together. That's a pretty big. Easter egg that they just yes. kind of dropped yeah, in on you, like, yes. oh, we're about to go see where Yoda came from. And they're, they're, they're not even very explicit about it, but once you connect the dots, you can see a lot of parallels, not parallels, but implications coming out from that one little statement. Yes, yeah. exactly. That You know, we won't survive training. And but, will yeah. there be a time skip? I'm one of these guys. I like time skips. Me I just too. prefer them. Uh, but then you do have to get rid of Cara Dune, and you got to get rid of Mando. If you're going for adult Yoda, that's a long time skip. Well, are they going to come up with some mechanism by which it advance, or you know, it advances? Not necessarily in the scope of time, but maybe as it learns to wield the Force, and maybe as some of these other things. And I don't know. I mean, maybe Yoda is playing a little game for all of us, and this sucker can really is a little more advanced than we think. I mean, he well, he obviously seems he to have tea. he is some sort of intelligence. Um, and I guess he's it's, fearless. It's yeah, it's, suckers never scared. It's yeah, that's a great point. Actually, it's probably a bit of a uh, and he can take a punch. It's it's probably a bit of a uh, fallacy to try to compare our own human lifespans and developmental rates to Yoda. But but he still, I I I feel like I like time skips. I don't want them to go too far down that road. I want maybe like toddler Yoda next time out, and maybe Mando's a bit older and they've been traveling. But like, I still want Din Djarin. I love Cara Dune. Right. Um. I still, I still want I, I, Moff Gideon. Well, they're still like, going to be part of the yeah. The and, next so, season. and so, and so, that's what makes me think that we're not going to get fully grown up Yoda just yet. I don't know. I mean, the crazy future would be you see Yoda grow up during the show. And then eventually there is a Star Wars movie where it is adult Yoda at the head of the well, Mandalorian armies trying to take... Because think about this. Oof. He will be coming of age, or at least he will be into like young adult around the time of the end of Rise of Skywalker. And at the end of Rise of Skywalker, there is a massive power vacuum. In fact, it would even be after that. It would be after that if he'd be coming of age. But there is a massive power vacuum where... The Emperor's dead. There is no Republic. Like, the yeah, galaxy they, is Mandalore's for the taking, Really, both sides are kind of out of it by yeah, the end of, of Nine. So, well, like... Well, unless you... I wanted to get frustrated about Rise of Skywalker's and be like, well, how do we know that they're out of it? Because the Emperor died, and then what did that do? But but whatever. But, and but not that I think this means anything. They, they are reporting that the Razor Quest 
which is Mando's ship, was one of the ships in the picture uh, that arose, that when the call went out from Lando, that one of the ships that answered the call was the Razor's Crest. How about that? Really? Right. How about that? I, I need to take a look at that. Now, How about I, that, I, Nick? Yeah. <laughs> and there's probably some of those in there, and that may be just fan service, so I don't want to go thinking too far into that. But with with where we have Yoda at now, baby Yoda, he is effectively <laughs> a two-man team. We're talking Arya Stark and the Hound here. We're talking... Yep. A two yeah. a two person clan. Yeah, two like man the blacksmith clan. says yeah. when and when she gives Mando his mudhorn signet. And he's playing with that necklace at the end. He's put it around the he's put it around his neck already. Yeah. And then, you know, Mando's like, Let me take a look at this. What what do you have here, kid? And then he's wearing it and it's the Mythosaur, which is obviously another Throwback to if you ride one of these things, it is the coming of the the new ruler of Mandalore. It reminds me things. of Quill shitting on Dinjar back in the day, where he's like, "Your people, you people used to ride Mythosaurs. Mythosaurs. You can't, you can't blur. Blur. Can't blur. <laughs> right? Like, come on, man." And, uh, by uh, the way, I did see. I've been watching more Rebels, and I saw Blurgs all over Rebels. Yeah. another just Filoni, Filoni touch, which he's, which obviously he's. They've given him the creative keys yes. to the to the live action, yeah. for, particularly for streaming, for sure. Back to this, you end you end the Mandalorian, then you have Clone Wars coming out in February, mm-hmm. final season. Then you have Mandalorians two, season two, fall twenty twenty, right? fall twenty twenty. Yeah, fall. So wow. we we will we have will have ended the Clone Wars final season. We know where they're at in Rebels, which leads me to all this is you could see your live action Ahsoka. In the Mandalorian, like she, uh, why not? Why not? Yeah. Why not? The Flo's creator, he is so the creator many, of yeah, it. He's brought so many other concepts and people. Whether it's the animals, the dark saber, even the structure of the episode, Mandalorians, uh, the, just an entire making a show about Mandalorians. Like, there's so much Floney influence. I feel like you have to see her. I would ask, uh, or maybe in, that crew. Yeah, in in that in that kind of time span though, we were just talking about. You'd have to kind of put season two in a certain box if we want to see live action Ahsoka because we do. Uh, I think you pointed out that Ahsoka's voice is one of the ones that you hear yeah. at the end of nine when Ray is tr- getting all those voices from people. So I think it had to be in either in the second, uh, sorry, the, the third it, saga. It, it would need to be before. It would, well, you know, it would need to be yeah before the sequels, right? But yeah. Filoni so, has but, also but done listen a little to this. Sneaking. Then you see Filoni's tweet. No, I didn't. Okay, well, let's do this. So Filoni, on, I guess it was right after the, the Rise of Skywalker, and there is all this conjecture and rumor online that we even talked about it in here, that Ahsoka is dead, right? Because yeah. she's right. one of the voices that comes back. Then Filoni, who is obviously a very talented artist, does a little oh, doodle. Oh, did he draw that? Oh, yeah, oh, I'm wow. sure. And yeah. then did his own little doodle. And it's Gandalf and Ahsoka, kind of in like a Sunday cartoon uh, type vibe. Talking to each other. And he's talking to each (laughs) other, and he says, Gandalf to Ahsoka, you know, look, a lot of people thought I was dead too, and look how that turned out. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. 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 So Baloney, the metagame, breaking the fourth wall. I mean, not only does that just endear me that he's using my favorite IPM to... uh, (laughs) To make this point, but Ahsoka maybe so just I, I guess the overall point is a little more 
uh, a little more mud in the water right. as to where yeah. Ahsoka's actual status is right now. In terms of where the Mando 2 would be set, Nick, I'm with you. I actually want it to be in that box. I don't want it to be post-sequels. I want it to be like a continuation. This was seven years post-Emperor Death. I want to see the continued flux of the galaxy so i want to see this continued transition into how does the first order rise like right. these are questions that the mandalorian is very well suited to giving us insight to. well and you have the inquisitors right those yep. are those have been created have they showed up in live action yet? no oh no they haven't which by the way i've been playing jedi fallen order a lot lately and good. it's awesome the story they're in is there they're in so there. good yeah and the inquisitors are all over that thing so who are the Inquisitors exactly? In the game, it says that they are Jedi or Padawans and other Force users. They have basically broken, bent to their will. And they're not Sith, though. Like, are Inquisitors technically Sith? They are, well, the, I, yes, I would call them Sith. Okay. The, but what they they are, as far as I can appreciate it, Vader's first Knights of Ren, right? Yeah, oh, yeah, okay, that's, that's okay. pretty accurate. That's, that's a good parallel. And, and a couple of them are known... Former Jedi. Yeah. Right? In fact, in Jedi Fallen Order, spoiler alert if you haven't played the game, it's not a huge spoiler, but it is in there. Um, One of the sisters that you're going after is an ex-Jedi that you were actually working with. It's her old Padawan that they had uh, Right. So, yes, yes. Some of them are known Jedi. They're all, uh, not all of them, but, and then the, the... The first Inquisitor, their, their primary, their number one, I would say, ranked one. He is a former Jedi. Okay. And a um, former protector, like one of the gold we- uh, lightsaber-wielding Jedi. So that, so that's what I that's what I want to see though, out of Mando too. Like I want to see that story. I'd like to see live action, live action Inquisitors, which I'm sure the Obi Wan show maybe would have some. Well, no. I don't know. That go either way, but I, but I want to see that, and I want to see like the continued rise of the First Order, and and maybe even some stuff on the Republic because this season Dinjarin existed outside a lot of those more traditional. Man, uh, and he looked rough. I mean, Pedro? put that helmet back on. Yeah, what are you talking about? <laughs> he got beat. He was yeah. beat. I understand, shit. but you, let's. There's an element of coolness that gets lost when the helmet comes off of, of many of Mandalorians. So I I vehemently disagree. This not look. I think that Pedro Pascal is actually very good looking. First off, um, even if it is like a more rugged good looking, it's like a more rugged handsome versus like your you know like Brad Pitt. The Golden Globes last night just looked like he's like immortal or whatever, right? Um, I I liked it. I it gave it it gave it a little a little realness to me that how how he looked when when the helmet was off, and I I really liked getting to see Pascal's face. I also that's kind of a nice nod to the actor, given that he did do so much work where he is you know kind of thankless under hey, the helmet that he I that think he we're got gonna get a lot stuff. more of his face in season two so the more the more important part about that scene though is simply that we see the Mandalorian's full commitment to don't take my helmet off because he yeah. is going to die and it's a very easy fix just some back to spray and yet he pulls his gun on IG saying like don't you do this shit until IG 
with robot logic, light rightly points out. Wait, problem I mean, not G is a great attorney. Yeah, he's like, yeah, he's like, yeah. Has this guy got a I'm, law degree? Because he found the loophole <laughs> no, in so five <laughs> seconds under the most pressing of matters. Oh, no, he's just cool as a cucumber, bro. He's yeah. just like, I am not alive. Yeah, well, and I love later in the episode where he's like, "Don't be sad. I've never been alive." <laughs> That's exactly right. <laughs> he he was quick thinking, and then I thought Kara Dune showed a little. Little romantic feelings for Mando. She wasn't was, leaving him there. I was so pissed when she didn't choose to join the squad at the end of the episode. Y'all know my feelings on Cara Dune. She is my crush of the year 2019. I'm obsessed with that character. She looked like such a badass fighting Moff Gideon in them. When she hops up on her knees on the countertop and just starts just spraying bullets out. I mean, Cara Dune is a beast, but... Yeah, unfortunately, you're right. She she does seem like she's romantically falling for Mando, but she still chose to stick around on Navarro, which, admittedly, I love Grief Karga, too. He's continued to grow me more and more. Yeah, he was him. so ready to cut a deal, too. I mean, there's a true <laughs> diplomat politician. He was like, so, uh, like, uh, what are you proposing out there? there yeah. <laughs> and, like, as they know they're going to die when they bust out the E-Web, he's, like, taking shots, kind of. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that was hilarious. And he could have been graphic. buying time, but part of me was like, He's either attempting to buy time, or this dude is really like, if the right deal comes across here, I may walk right out of here. So yep. it actually set Moff Gideon up for what was my favorite part. Moff Gideon line was when Creve uh, asked him, you know, what assurances do you offer? And he's like, listen up, bitch. Yeah. The same way you broke our deal, I would gladly betray you right. and have you die I, in I my love, hands. I love that line. And that's when the music starts. It's like, rah, rah, rah. like starts with that weird discordant kind of yeah. like, ah, yeah, that's when, like evil bad guy thing. Yeah. That's when Cargo was like, is this a sewer hatch done? Because <laughs> <laughs> that's how this deal's off the table. I love that line. I would gladly betray you and watch you die in my hand. And then he's like, but. Um, for now, for now, you know, we, look, I, I trust that I'm operating in the best of my uh, self-interest. You think about the momentum shift that that'll get you in a negotiation, where it's like you're screwed either way. Like, yeah, we can yeah. make we can make a deal right now, but as soon as I get what I want, you're dying. Yeah, like, like it, it, there's an element of honesty there from Moff Gideon that yeah. I can, that I can really uh, that I can really appreciate. Well, and that's like we talked about last week. These are these old the 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 new commander in Rising. Rise of Skywalker and Moff Gideon. These are these old school Empire generals, bro. Yeah, they have nowhere to go back to. Oh yeah, like this is they're their, desperate. This is what they're gonna be. This is who they're gonna die as. And I just thought one we learned about this great purge, which they just wiped out Mandalore, and then they wiped out their foundlings, very similar in a way that mm -hmm. Vader did the Jedi Temple on um, was that Coruscant? Coruscant, yeah, yeah. yeah. I mean, so they wiped them out, but I'm I still. One, the night, what do you say, the night the of a thousand, thousand tears. tears? Yeah, which I love. That's kind of a, you know, a, a throw. Perhaps the guild hunter, Din Djarin, remembers. Oh, so right, good. and he immediately is starting to set, you're starting to line it up, you know, who this guy is. You're, you're tying these characters together in a personal way. And he was in the, the essentially the Empire SS, the ISB. Isn't that what it's called? Right. Uh, yeah. And it's like the secret police, they're bastards. Oh yeah. Even the Imperials. Like when you I've read I've I'm reading the second Thrawn book right now, kinda off and on and uh Whenever, like everybody hates the ISB, right? Like, right. like, like it, it's it's the police force that even scares the right. Imperials it's the yeah. because they're going after yeah, it's, you. It's right. right. It's, yeah. 
It's the same reason yes, Sud- Sudeikis and them are like, well, maybe we'll chill out in this game <laughs> yeah. for a while until the dust settles. Uh, you know, I don't want to just turn this over. But I immediately thought... Yeah, Jason Gideon- Sudeikis, by the way, is one of the funny stormtroopers at the beginning, if right. you missed that. Can Gideon... Does he have any skills with the saber? Or, you know, how, can he wield that thing? Bro, something tells me Gideon yeah, can fight. Yeah, he cut through that, t- that TIE fighter I mean, good. he cut through the TIE fighter, but how he held the sword, his kind of confident bearing, um, really I, his confident I combat. I to see if I saw it, like, dangling on his, oh, on his during waist, the like, during scene. some of the earlier yeah, stuff. Yeah, I need to go back and look and at I that again. I couldn't tell quite. Because the, the dark saber's got like a rectangular, it's got like square, a, it's, got, it's got like well, it's got like a style blade, yeah, you know, a more yeah. traditional sword looking blade on, right? It, um, I th- I think he can fight. Also, the the kind of collected manner which he handled Dinjarin when he shot him in the head, and then he's like, well, I could just keep shooting this Beskar, or I could blow up this, you know, this this combustible E forty device or E web at his feet and. Surely, I mean, sure enough, he—it was, it was just—he he seems to me like a man who is an expert both tactically, and combat-wise, martial, martial prowess. Like yeah. he just feels, and, and to me, one of the most effective. So I, I, I love the line Moff Gideon talked about gladly watching you die in my hand. Um, I love when he just started hitting them with their backstory. When he's like, oh, yeah, perhaps yeah. rebel, perhaps rebel shock trooper Kara Dune from Alderaan, who. Now we know why Cara Dune, when he was like, she's Imperial, why she was like, all right, fuck it, I'm in, and dropped everything. Yeah, I love that. Because she literally had her entire planet destroyed by these bastards. But when he's naming them, like, piece by piece, oh, and they're dude. all, you can see it on their faces, I got, like, that's when you know, like, oh, this guy, he's a beast. Well, he knows start, and it yes. also lays out, you know, we've all kind of wondered why they won't take off the helmets. Like, all these other Mandalorians that we know have always taken their helmet off. It's a safety precaution. It is not knowing. They don't want people knowing who they are. Yeah, that's They're true, obviously yeah. still being hunted. They obviously still, uh, whether it's the Inquisitors or whoever, because whoever went down there and waylaid that little cabal of uh, Mandalorians was no... You know, punks. I mean, these were some elite folks. It had to be. I, I don't yeah. think it, it had was, to be right. Yeah. It weren't. It wasn't Herzog and his crew. No. You know, it was something else. And That's a good point. I hadn't really considered that. It did. Uh, do y'all know the, the stormtrooper classifications? Like the black ones, or like who's better? I don't know. Just I don't. I know the black ones. They look a lot. Tight. They look so a lot sick. cooler. Yeah. So and sick. And they had these like shotgun blasters that are just blowing through walls. Yeah, but I agree with you. It had to be some sort of SEAL Team Six, Imperial SEAL Team Six that went and fought uh mandos and had so and much we may success get a flashback there. to that also you know fighting in sewers you you do negate the jetpacks right yeah which what do they call those she calls it something well, the phoenix something phoenix yeah 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 yeah, yeah, yeah. have you trained awesome. have you cool trained in the phoenix he's full he's full mandalorian now. oh yeah so, when i saw him get that that was like hell yeah like, well and, and that's what i've loved is like one of my favorite parts of the show has been the almost video game element where He's all season long. He's been upgrading his gear. He's go. He goes on a quest, gets a new piece of gear. Sick. His stats get a little better. Okay, he got another piece of gear. Oh, now he got the singing birds weapon upgrade. Oh, now he's got the jetpack. Uh, yep. He gets a signet. Like it's just, it's got a very classic video game. I feel like at this point. Yeah, he's got like raid gear. Like in WoW, yeah. you gotta like yeah. you gotta like fight to get raid gear, right? You need it to drop. After all this hard work, he's got like a full set of raid gear now. Yeah. 
Which is incredible. The Mandalorian is of all the Star Wars is one of the coolest looking dudes out there. Oh, yeah, it's no Jango, doubt, no doubt. Bobo, even like the design, dude. It's just just the medieval design of the, the helmet. helmet it's slits. just so yeah. sick. It's yeah. the helmet slits. Yeah, it's it speaks back to Spartans or like or like you know the most badass knights that you used to draw when you were a kid growing up. Like that armor design, which cannot be practical. But like, is, like, what is your actual? Well, well, in universe, it is because they have like optics that are enhanced. Right. But I'm talking That's about right. being an actor in that helmet. Very difficult. Your field of vision is yeah. probably we're shit. Yeah, yeah, with guarding a wide receiver. Like, yeah, no, like it is. It <laughs> yeah. is not practical. It just looks tight as shit, dude. It just yes. looks right. so and then, badass. And then we talked about it last time. I'm gonna bring it up again. Here comes Darth Maul's influence one more time. Dark Saber, obviously. Yeah. Maul. Then the armorer, who may be the most badass Mandalorian we've come across, she's got the the the, the Maul like. Do you think she's from Dathomir? Then helmet. Is she a? Is she a? Is in a Devlin? Is uh, that what you said I think she's Zabrak. Zabrak. Okay, I Zabrak. think she. Oh, Devlin's got the more like Satan horns or yeah. whatever. Yeah. Zabrak she, just has a bunch of. Them. Is, or Zabrak. Zabrak is Dathomir, right? I'm not wrong there. Or, like, yeah, yeah, that's right. Or these are helmets that were made when uh, your boy was head of Death Watch. Oh, when was, Maul was head of Death Maul Watch. Maul was head of Death Watch. And that is Death Watch that we see rescuing Din Djarin that's when right. he's a little that's kid. That's who saves him. Sorry, it's Zabrak from Iridonia. That's my bad. Oh. And that's either uh that's either a Visla led Death Watch, a Bo Katan, which was the sister of Satine, who kind of inherited the Death Watch at the uh, you know, after Maul, after the those guys fall. Uh or it, I, there's no way it was a Maul uh Death Watch because at that time Maul was becoming this like criminal syndicate as the and the Mandalorian was kind of his muscle right yeah the planet yeah. was wanted to that when he was down. that's actually where he's at in Solo when he's building the when he's behind the uh, right the Crimson Dawn right right until our boy arrives unannounced and prevents all of this from he just ended Maul's little Mandalorian run when Sidious just says hey guy. Oh, I mean, yeah. Yeah. cute dark saber, you know, you're done, and your brother's dead. Yeah, Sidious, Sidious. The I thought that was in Clone Wars. The the Sidious, it is. okay, it is yeah, Clone Wars. The Sidious versus Maul, and but that is at the end of Mandalore. That is when yeah. Mandalore, as we know it, is this prosperous planet is at its absolute. It has fallen from the inside out. It's rotted from the inside out. And now we still haven't had the purge and the thousand. I mean, Mandalore has been through some stuff. Oh, yeah. Well, even if you mentioned wanting to hide their identity of the helmets. Remember early in the season, they talk about only like one person going above at a time. Where like, they're trying to remain anonymous. They, they want to conceal, conceal their numbers. numbers. Yes. No doubt. They're in survival mode. They but, are. But there's a new clan on the scene, boys. And it's got two. It's got two people right now. Uh, if I had to guess, Heavy Armor Bro is joining the squad. If he's not dead, um, he ain't dead. No, he right. ain't dead. Yeah, Heavy. I, I. Well, I shouldn't say or that. Or the I Armorer looked, herself. I, yeah, I didn't look too specifically. I did not see the Heavy Armor helmet in the pile. I could be wrong. I could be wrong there. But I imagine he probably joins up. Do Do y'all think there are other Mandalorian like clans out well, there we know that they could Sabine just take over? Is out there somewhere? Oh, Sabine Wren okay. is somewhere. Out there, it's she true. is a former wielder of the dark saber, who fought against its temptation and gave it to Bo Katan, wow. who I'm assuming is now dead. And then 
Maul was all nearly killed. Visla was killed. I mean, the the Mandal the the Dark Saber is on a one way ticket into the hand of a little green alien, and that's what I believe. I mean, that's where I think it's headed. And once the Yodelorian in, in in Beskar armor, made for somebody the size of Yoda, flipping, jetpack. fighting, jetpacking, force wielding. Dark saber wielding? Are you kidding? With Mandalorians as his fellow like shock troops? Right. Are you kidding me? Well, they kidding? were taught. All Who could stand in front of that? <laughs> the armor, the the uh, what's it called? The grappling hook. Yeah. The blowtorch out of their hand. Yep. All that jetpack was all one hundred percent designed for them to compete with Jedi. Yes. Yeah. In a, yeah. In, in it's combat. like you said on the phone the other day. They're, the ba- they're Batman. Right. They're, they're, they're the Batman theory. It's they like were, a Batman style of fighting. Right. How am I going to compete with Superman yes. and Wonder Woman and all these folks? You know what I'm going to do? I'm just going to get technological on it. Yeah. And I'm going to train in the ways of, you know, karate or whatever they do. <laughs> the, uh, and now we're going to do that, but we're going to give it to Yoda. Yeah. Uh, I mean, what would Yoda do uh, for a jetpack in his fight against Sidious in the Senate chamber? I mean, Sidious is done. If if Yoda is trained in the Mandalorian ways at that point, uh, Sidious is done. Now, I guess you could argue, well, then, but are how how like how do they train Yoda's Yoda's force abilities? That is a you know that that is a question that they'll eventually yeah, especially when they don't really have training in it. Well, somebody's exactly. Well, yeah, I mean, no, they think it's fake. Like that, or not fake, but they think it's magic. Like. They're not going to be any help in that regard. Do we meet up with like an Ahsoka? Like a Ezra Bridger, Ezra Bridger, Sabine Ahsoka. Ren, Ahsoka. Like there's, there's some force wielders out there that could that, that could step into that void. That come from, Filoni. Yeah, IP. I mean, this is his uh, trademarks here. I would still like them. I the thing that I don't want is for Yoda to get in the full Jedi indoctrination. I would like for them to move away from Jedi. Yeah. I would like them to uh, to to form something new, and 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 that would go right in line with Ahsoka. Well, cause right, it, because it, Ahsoka's moved away. If you do that, and you bring him back into the Jedi, we're just doing like Star Wars again. Exactly. It's like rinse, repeat. Exactly. And we've and, done that dance. And I mean, we can make it look as pretty as you want it to make CGI. You know, good, good, good. Uh, not graphics, but visuals. Uh, but like we've we've done it already, right? Like I I don't think it's necessary. And I love the harshness of the Mandalorian world that we're. I mean, it is. Kill or be killed. Yeah, it is definitely, definitely. Wild West. It is vengeance. It has got a lot of nasty, you know, just gritty elements of the world that they're yeah. in. Right. This isn't, you know, meeting Amidala. But they the, they do they no. do a good you know what, job no. of still keeping it relatively family friendly to where like I don't mind even having it on if my kids are around because there's no blood. Right, like, like people are getting murdered out, but it's always just some sparks and a little you just fall over. Mando did have a little bit coming down out of his. That helmet, is true. That is but true. But that was just they for reach around the back. That was just for effect, though. It but you're not like seeing like you know guys are getting shot, and you're not seeing blood squirt out. You know, that's yeah. the funny thing about lasers, right? It conveniently cauterizes every wound. That's so, right. So everybody, everybody, everybody loves yeah. it. So no <laughs> blood needed. No, yeah. no blood, just sparks and fall over. That's Man. it. And then you've got Obi Wan series creeping around out here. Which is going to be directed by Deborah Chow, who did episode seven, which she's is done fantastic. Great, she's done a great job. Uh, and absolutely, yes. Um, and then also, Hayden Christensen has been cast in the Obi Wan series. Oh? Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Redemption. What does that mean? Can you imagine when him with a good Obi-Wan script? Take place? Is, dude, if, I'm, if I'm them, 
Hayden should just be Vader, right? Like when when are they doing this Obi Wan story? Is it post? Are we going to finally get a look into post Anakin's turn to Vader, Obi Wan? Like, are we going to see what he was doing on Tatooine that in, that entire time? Was he a broken hermit like Yoda living, or was he more actively protecting Luke? Are we going to see any Anakin, Hayden Christian as Vader going against Obi? I mean, because well, uh, you know, in, in in four, Luke is familiar with Ben. L- he Luke, knows about Luke, old Ben Kenobi. Yeah. That is true. So I don't think it'd be totally out of the question to see him like intervene in some situations that. Luke could probably get himself in danger as a, as a young kid or something. I would love to. It's a great see that. point. It's a great point. Um, so I guess, I guess we'll, we'll I'll back off that because that is very we're, we're just in a speculation with that. Um, as far as this last episode, to Deborah Chow did seven. Taika Waititi did eight, he's and he's great. just unbelievable, I mean, fantastic. He's, yeah. he's also the voice of IG. Uh, what stands out to me because TV shows are weird with directors because like a lot of times you won't always notice the difference in directors because. TV shows are very much like a template a little bit. And, you know, the yeah. showrunners are the guys yeah, that are really... Uh, yeah, Legos you get to play with. But, yeah, yeah. but you can still see the pedigree of Watiti and even Favreau that they've worked on these major Marvel action movies when you look at the action set pieces. Like, the, 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 the scene at the end when Mando puts on the jetpack and takes out the TIE fighter looks so good it yeah. doesn't look fake no it no incredible. no it, it doesn't I, it looks so good better than when ray did the flip and gainer cutting of the, the it actually is better and like, i love ray and i too. love that scene but it actually is better because not only so even in that Bro, scene with ray what was funny pod, is i'm like why is he trying to run her I was over like this dude is legit no that was sick and it also showed you that a a squad of mandalorians used to wipe out TIE fighters just on being able to, you know, get on their wings, take out a little break, you know, a little fluid leaks here and so there. So crazy, they, dude. They were. Uh, they could he jumped take up on, above that they thing. They could take on multiple like... flying uh, Empire equipment. Him hitting yeah. the deft rocket boost to close the distance after he grappling hooks, just a little detail that just looks so nice. And then when he was falling, it looks so real. There was momentum behind it. There was weight behind it, and how he like basically hit the brakes right before he hit the ground. I just thought that whole scene and they, gave me an it action just shows boner. You how many oh, moments yeah. oh, were yeah. in there? You had. We didn't even talk about when Yoda just force defends this blowtorch. Yeah. And yes. then yeah, yeah. subsequently what? sends it to that guy yeah. and barbecues him. Is there a cockier asshole no in the Star Wars universe? Than the Imperial Flame Trooper. Bro, he had such an attitude oh about him without God. saying a word. He just like had such an attitude, yes, dude. He's just like flopping his dick out on the table. <laughs> like he's just like swaggering around like, oh yeah, look who's here now, and bitches. You, you can tell from the second he comes on screen, you're like, this is not a normal stormtrooper. And the music like reinforces it. It's like, boy, you know, it's like yeah. very like, whoa, look at this guy. Yeah. And he's just cockily got the gun on his shoulders. But he didn't know. He didn't know. Baby Yoda no. was waiting on the other side of that dough. No, he didn't. <laughs> he got <laughs> dude. I mean, it didn't end, end easy for him either. They actually did a good job too, and I think this is very tough in filmmaking. A lot of times, um, 
almost like a tabletop RPG or something. I understood the logistics of the bar that they were fighting in very well. Like, you could feel, okay, there's this little opening out front that everybody's lined up, and there's this side door that they break into to kind of flank them, and that came into account multiple times. Kara had to fight people that came in through the side door earlier, and the flame trooper comes in there. I just thought that was good filming. Like, that was just solid. Yeah. That's like, a I think, where you do see the director's influence a bit. Um so we didn't talk about the flame trooper. Uh, shoot, what else? There's there's so much stuff in this episode. I'm trying to think if there's any other thing. Anybody, does anybody have anything else that we haven't touched on that they that they think is bear, bears mentioning? Did did we confirm that like in the beginning, like the very very beginning, uh, that the scout troopers kill Quill? Because I'm pretty sure that's what happens. Right? I think I th- I want to say at the end of the last episode we see the scout troopers shoot Quill. No, because you see Quill on the ground his body steaming but you don't see who mm. killed him. But you see like the scout troopers run by and I'm, yeah. I- I'm assuming that they that they shot him because it can't be IG, right? Right. No, I, yeah. Like IG gives it li- literally gives it all up for the cause. Well, yeah. they wouldn't have been surprised. They were like, what is this droid doing here? They would have seen him yeah. shoot they yeah, seen yeah, that's true. Oh, that's true. That's true. Wait, what about um, what y'all think about gondola, gondola droid, R two D two? Oh yeah, yeah. R two D two standing up With and like, looking like this monster, and they thought they were gonna have to fight him, and then he just wants to uh, non leg day skipping R two D two. He's just a lava. Well, I mean, the river sticks. There was so much river <laughs> sticks, boatmen, you know, paying your toll. And their toll was IG. Yeah, I yeah. thought. I thought oh, that dude, that, that's such was, good symbolism. Oh, I see. You're talking about River Sticks, well, like the 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 Greek in the underworld. 80s, yeah, I mean, obviously yeah. had that feel. Obviously, it had the that. ferryman. You ever heard the about the ferryman, ferryman the who takes man. you over to the afterlife? Yeah, yeah. you yeah. gotta you gotta pay Somebody's gotta pay, pay the fee. Like if your family didn't leave two coins in your eyeballs when they buried you, <laughs> you were gonna live in this like really miserable place. <laughs> <in> like purgatory. <laughs> um, I thought that. So I love Cara Dune. I thought she was a little bit of an asshole shooting gondola droids head off for no reason. I didn't, I didn't really get that one. Yeah, she, she was just, you know, she's freaking out because he wouldn't stop going and they were trying to stop. I get it, but like, man, I really liked him. He was nice. He yeah, just cool. wanted to know. Yeah. yeah. He just wanted to know job. where he you wanted to go. Yeah. You don't survive in this world. That's fair. That's fair. Kira Dune's like, all right, guys, this is really like cute debate here. <laughs> <laughs> she put the hammer down. Uh, she's coming back. Uh, yeah, as Moth she should. Gideon's she's too good back. of a character. Yeah, she's great. Yeah, she is. God, uh, I love Gina Carano. Sa- the dark saber is gonna take a. Uh, uh, the front seat now. Yeah. What a great anticlimax right there, too, for a story. You know, we have the climax. What do you mean by anticlimax? Well, that's the period after the climax, right? Okay. Where you're kind of doing the picking, you're, 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 you're tying up the loose ends. Yeah. yeah. And then you get the A little tease. Saber. Just give him a, give him a little, give him a little. And uh, they cut out of there effortlessly. Yeah. I mean, it was, let me get out of this thing. Still, you got to be remarked. The airbag system in a TIE fighter has got to be incredible. I mean, Finn, Finn and Poe survived a horrific crash. Yeah. Freaking he survives a horrific Kylo, crash. Now this guy. Which is also like why, like, I was a little surprised. I don't want to be that guy. I was a little surprised they didn't maybe go check the TIE fighter, Mando and company, after they dropped right, it. Right, they just assumed. Right, they're like, oh, done. no, he's dead. All right. They just they just bailed on it. Like, I'd have maybe gone and uh, seen what the deal is. Yeah. Let's, I wonder, though, would Moff Gideon take out all three of them? One on three. Is he that much of a beast? No. Do you think Moff Gideon won the Dark Saber in single combat? I, I think he did. Oh, that's a good question. 
Because because now now and I don't have any evidence because the evidence would maybe point the other way because they raised Mandalore and as you said like it can just be found so maybe he just like took it as they're decimating but I, he strikes me as the character and maybe this is a little archetypal but I can almost see a scene where they're raising Mandalore but he still challenges the dark saber guy to one on one combat just to prove a point like epic like as the yes, city's falling like, like yes like this is not guard. like like I could take it. I got I got guns everywhere on you, but I'm about to beat your ass and take it. I'm like going to earn this. That's shit. more of his personality. I I I, I get that well, feeling. And it's from like him. I said, once you take it, there is a hesitation in every Mandalorian warrior that an Imperial guy would be like, right when I take this thing, I want you to mow everyone down. Right? Do you have to follow? So if you're Mandalorian, do you have to follow the dark saber no matter what? In the two scenarios that I've seen it won in single combat, first was when Maul won it. Bo-Katan, which was a member of the Death Watch, which was uh, Satine's sister, yeah, she did not bend the knee. And so she did her best. They escaped barely and okay. escaped with Obi-Wan. But when Sabine won it in The Rebels... Everybody basically bends the knee, except for who she wanted from. And, you know, classic bad guy just didn't want to, you know, accept the defeat. But they have rallied around it. She then gives it to Bo-Katan, and then every, you know, she kind of uses that as the, 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 the clarion call for all these clans who had been fighting each other. And Rebels' time period is pretty close to what Mando is. So yeah, like- you're right there. So there's a good idea that Bo-Katan maybe got killed by Moff Gideon. It has to be. Yeah, that does make sense I mean, to me. he's going to bring her in, and she's probably an easy cast. The question is, to me, Sabine is the easiest to bring in from live action just because I think that they kind of struggle with Ahsoka as a costume. Like, what is Ahsoka going to look like? Not animated. It's kind of like a Twi'lek. Yeah, it is a little like a Twi'lek, but but that can look, look really stupid really fast, like we saw no, in the you, Prison right. Break episode, right? right? Like, like you can't mess that up. Like that guy. The not only was the girl's character kind of annoying, she looked better, but the male Twi'lek looked terrible. I'm, I'm glad I'm glad you brought episode. that up because you can do that so wrong. Yeah, and it has been right. done so wrong. And you have to make and if you're bringing her, you've got one shot. I trust him though. I mean, yeah, I you do can too. do incredible things but with for makeup. Sabine, she is Mandalorian. I yeah, mean, she is a clan head at one point. I mean, she could come in, you know, easily. But easy, is, so easy. is she? She's like a Ronin almost at this point. Is she still technically a Mandalorian, given that she's kind of turned her back on the? Well, she made amends with her family, so I think she's got that. Okay. She turned over the dark saber to. Uh, Bo-Katan because she wanted to join the resistance, right? She wanted to keep fighting against the Empire. Fast forward, Empire Falls. We all know that story. That is where, right after Return of the Jedi, is where the Rebel story ends and sort of picks up, right? Because there's a big, uh, there's a big, at the end, kind of, Quest being created. Oh, you don't say anything too much. Oh, I don't. No, I don't no. know what exactly because I'm about to. No, I know you need to chew in. I'm working that. through it. I'm working through but it. My point. I've been is, chewing in that Jedi Fallen Order. That's yeah, got some so good, good. That's got some good lore. But so the good. chances, the the timelines are all converging. Yeah. At the same exact time. And you know that I mean they're 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 not you know they're aware of all of this because 
Filoni's the mastermind. Oh, he's kind of like the Feige. It's his story here a little bit, just to a way lesser extent in terms of being the uh, conductor. Which, in terms of like live action, they've Filoni had to prove himself in Clone Wars. Then he had to do it in Rebels. Then he had to do it here. And, and what's interesting about those shows are, first off, I hated the concept of Clone Wars at the beginning. I don't know why. Just as a younger kid, I was like, this looks stupid. Why do I want to watch this animated show? And in both shows, he almost, like, snuck in the Star Wars. Like, he would start in the first season be very kid-friendly, right? And, like, it was, you know, okay, right. this feels like kind of like a traditional kid show. Yeah. Second season... A little more like, okay, this is a little more Star Wars. He's still very careful. And then as the deeper you've gotten into both shows, I feel like like the third season of Rebels is just straight up good Star Wars. Oh, like yeah. you almost can't recognize it as a kid show at times. I'm like, not. I wonder like do the kids recognize do they see the concepts that are at play here? Like there's <laughs> like these are pretty advanced storylines. They, and, yeah. and they're violent like, and there's fights and they like the filler episode parts probably. You know? Yes, I yes. Think exactly. Those are some of the little mini adventures. But it is, seasons three and four of Rebels is not a kid. Yeah. It it is, the themes are not kid-like. But but my point is, so that goes to what you're saying. Floney had to prove himself even in ways where he had to get creative about how to tell these Star Wars stories that he wanted to tell. And he had to kind of wrap it up in these kid shows. It was like a Trojan horse where he's able to get like like what he wants out there. And they gave him, I mean, he's told more of a story of Obi-Wan and Anakin than any filmmaker has done. He makes the turn of Anakin a million times better in Revenge of The only reason that hits me with the most emotional impact as it does nowadays is because of Attack of the Clones. Or, excuse me, is because of Clone Wars, watching that. Um, All right, one thing I want to hit on before we go, if anybody has anything else to just let me know, but uh, so we were having this conversation, Nick, me and Jesse were, when it comes to the Old Republic, what is canon, what is not canon, um, right now we have a couple characters confirmed, right? But yes. they have not they have not confirmed all of the Knights of the Old Republic. No. Uh what what I know so far is that Revan is confirmed to have existed at yeah. some point. We don't know in what capacity he or she existed. We don't know if we kinda can infer that it was a Dark Lord of the Sith because they had their own legion of of sto- of uh Sith troopers. Yeah. Because that's what the, the chart is kinda in reference to is Sith Trooper Legions. Oh really? Okay, yeah. that we find about the Revenites or whatever. Yeah, okay. the 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 way that we kind of have discovered at this point that Revan is canon is that we've gone into the visual dictionary for Star Wars uh, Episode Nine. Like all great Easter eggs, it's dug up. It's you know, it's like buried somewhere yes. in in a companion guide or something along. An the extremely line. small, like little chart at the yeah. bottom right corner <laughs> of a page, and it just says Revan's Legion. As like the second mm-hmm. legion of Sith troopers, and then there so, was another Kotor character statue in Rise of Skywalker. Yes, I Nihilus. Uh, and I I need to go see the movie again to confirm this, but uh, it is my <clears throat> excuse me my understanding that Nihilus has also been confirmed as having existed at some point. And I think I read that the next it's in the High Republic, the next movie tri- trilogy, or the next they're going into the High Republic. Now this Era. is where and, and so this is where I get a bit confused on the timing because they, they also yeah. say though in, in the article that I read about the High Republic, you maybe sent me it, uh, but I think they said that there's gonna be prime athletic age Yoda in That's that. That's what though. they said in the article. So it's not truly oh. old republic. 
No, that it's, old republic would be like four thousand years. Okay, before. yeah, that's way too long. Yeah. yeah, 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 that's way too long for Yoda to be alive. So no, we're looking at probably. I mean, pre-Palpatine though. Oh yeah, because he's Hundreds working of off of a human before. lifespan, yeah. right? Yeah. So pre-Pal, we're talking about like four or five hundred years I think ago. That's what they're talking. If you're talking like young, like late twenties, Yoda, like when an athlete hits their hits their peak, I, I that's gonna the only thing about that that gives me pause is. Puppet Yoda is clearly, and I don't mean it's just in Baby Yoda form, every Puppet Yoda is clearly superior to CG Yoda. How do you make a badass athlete Yoda that's not going to just be all CG? Yeah, that's a good question. I don't think you can, I mean, I don't know how they're going to do it. Because Attack of the Clones, when he fights it actually was pretty cool, but like the prequels CG Yoda does not feel can nearly as good. This? Could he be the one? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I'm trying to come up with some ideas here. I don't know. Anytime you need any animated character, well, God damn it, give me Andy Serkis. Well, he's proven that. Look, Caesar was a beast athlete. In he what? was also King Kong in the Peter Jackson King Kong. Caesar, Gollum. Gollum. Um, I thought I thought maybe he had one more in there somewhere. Yeah, no, he's. I mean, he is the guy. I mean, do you tap him on the shoulder and say, hey, dude? He's too old to be flipping now, though, dude. He's going great. So. <laughs> yeah, Who's, he's the Who's the next one up? You know who you bring back? Ahmad, the guy that played Jar Jar Binks in episode one. Wow. Bring the Ooh. martial artist. Bring him back. Let him say that he's actually probably old now. I know, well. and I read an article recently about how like the playing Jar Jar and the Jar Jar reception like nearly broke. Like broke him. Yeah, yeah. Oh, no, it's sad. It's pretty sad. Well, let's be clear. Uh we this group in this room, we tend to be optimistic, fun, happy Star Wars fans. Right. Uh a, a large contingent of these Star Wars fan base are just the worst people, the most toxic worst people yes, on the it's internet. Really bad. I mean, whatever you think about Rose Tico, I feel terrible for that actress. Whatever you think about young Anakin in episode one that ruined that actor's life yeah being Anakin did so like big time like big time so Star Wars fans yeah I I don't I don't have a lot of patience for the more uh toxic corners of our no, community no. for that crap I'm just happy yeah that's like one of my favorite memes I saw recently is this guy like Sitting there eating popcorn, all happy. It's it's the James Franco one from Spider Man, and Franco's like staring at him, all pissed off. And the the happy one's like me enjoying Star Wars, and the Franco is uh, Star Wars fans, right? Yeah, yeah. Just like, right. like how could you? Oh, how are you happy right now, you <laughs> bastard? It's so serious. Are we dude, supposed to be like... angry about something? Well, no, we live in the golden age of Star Wars content. Whether it's all good or not, and it's, I have it's to here. Say this, a lot of those fans. Have really gravitated to Mandalorian as their C. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> this is what we've been missing. So to all like Favreau and them out there, be careful because that mob will turn on <laughs> you oh, yeah. in a dime. It's like uh, it's like Dave. Ar- it's like uh, Joe Brady seeing how they pulled the knives down on Dave Aranda so quick. Uh, yeah, I mean straight up, dude. Aranda. I mean people were ready to kill Aranda after the old after the old Miss game. A Ridiculous. shitty game that you won by 21 I mean, on the we road. Were thinking, is Kevin Steele better than Dave Aranda? <laughs> Discussion. I mean, that's absurd. If anybody said that, they should not be allowed to watch LSU I football think the anymore. Bayou Fort Huddle Please. allows for those kind of discussions to take place. Please turn in your sports talk card. Oh, man. That, uh, yeah. Um, well, this has been fun. I know that we've got. Yeah, we got to go. We, we may have to wrap this up. But, guys, 
you've got Clone Wars coming out in a month. Which yeah, we should do okay, some so expansion this, this episodes thinking. This is what I'm thinking. So I don't know if the Four Mandalore podcast will ever be a consistent, like, uh, maybe every two weeks if we want to do consistent. We'll, we'll have to workshop all this. If you really wanted to, maybe get in touch with us and let us know. I don't know if it'll ever be a consistent weekly show, but it is great to keep this thing around for when the new Clone Wars episodes come out. Yeah. Or when uh, the new Mandalorian season comes out, or when the new movie comes, like like any big Star Wars news, if we deem it worthy of talking about, this is a great place to be able to do right. it. Yeah, we'll just call it the Filoni Corner or something. <laughs> <laughs> For Filoni, you know, we've got. <laughs> there is going to be a lot of little Mandalorian TV show Easter eggs in the final season of. Clone Wars. Got to be. Because so. yeah, so. they've been producing them in tandem. Right? Like, like you know, he's been making this final season of Clone Wars at the same time that him and Favreau are making uh, Mandalorian. Yeah. So so you imagine that... Where does... And maybe and too much to, of his other Clone Wars and Rebel stuff has shown up in Mandalorian yeah. to think that now that it's on the, it's on the Disney Plus fast track agenda plan, I mean, there's marketing, there's dollars being spent. That it's not going to keep rolling. Okay, wait. Direction. If it's fifty years, is the end of Clone Wars fifty years before the Mandalorian? Do we see something about the birth of the Yodalorian in these final Clone we Wars may even episodes? See, it. see the birth. Yeah. He, here's the deal. I, I need to go back and rewatch maybe the final season of Clone Wars. I don't think I can commit to the full rewatch. Um, where do they end? I'm actually working my way through it right now. Oh, okay. Yeah. You need to. You're 20, and I know you're very busy. I know you're very busy, yeah. but football season's over now, and yeah. I know you still got brass band at the basketball games, but out of all of us, you can be the one who yeah. can refresh his brain the best on this stuff. And Maria wants to watch it, too, so we got a little, oh, you golden, little watch then, party son. going yeah, on. Yeah, you yes. golden. I, the, I was watching it the other night, like Saturday night, baby's finally asleep, and my wife's like, are you fucking serious? Well, like, this is, you want to watch a cartoon? Like, this is what you're choosing to watch with your free time. Out of all of the, I was like, yeah, you know. In Clone Wars, I think at the end, Yoda is coming to the realization that maybe we've been on the, well, no, maybe he, we've he, been duped. He, he, he realized, he doesn't he realize it? No, he doesn't realize in it. Yeah. Clone Wars, in the end, in some kind of random Pensieve or whatever you want to call it. Yeah, you know, it, one thing Filoni has done, and he's done it in in both of them. They've created all kinds of little magical time devices and seeing into the future and maybe affecting the future. And at the end of Clone Wars, uh, I believe, and I have to go back and re- rewatch it. Yoda and and Sidious are fighting, and Sidious is like, "Skywalker will be mine," or or something to that effect. You know, I think I remember, but but he does, but he doesn't know he doesn't that he has a hood up. He doesn't or, have the Yoda doesn't have the full because he obviously doesn't get the full realization until Revenge of the Sith, in which he realizes I'm the biggest idiot in the galaxy. I've right. been taking well, orders from the guy I'm hunting Clone down. In Clone Wars, when they visit that Force family, like which is supposed to be the father of the Force, and you've got the the sister and the brother, they basically get a whole rundown of yeah, Ahsoka does specifically, and and a little bit of Yoda. Uh, you know, Obi-Wan gets visited by Qui-Gon, who I get a little tired of Qui-Gon's meddling because you're obviously wrong about Anakin here, Qui-Gon. But, I mean, <laughs> like, Whoa, Anakin in the... Well, see, no, okay. but he comes back and then... This it, is another problem with Rise of Skywalker, though. Anakin's turn, Vader's turn, is completely negated. 
Because the Emperor lives, so what did it even mean? Like, before Rise of Skywalker, and, and I like the movie overall, but I could have said, no, but Anakin, you know, in the end, Qui-Gon was right. Because he got rid of the Emperor. But right. maybe maybe you're right. Maybe right. Qui-Gon is just actually wrong. He brought some balance to the Force, I guess. You know, He killed the Emperor. For a little bit. Yeah. But there are so many of uh, hints... In both Clone Wars and uh, particularly in Clone Wars, where you're like, eh, maybe if I was a, uh, Obi Wan or Ahsoka, I'd be like, maybe this Anakin guy. <laughs> yeah. 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 He's we, a little creepy. What well, kind of psychological evaluation here? Does it get any better than Revenge of the Sith uh, when he kills the entire village of humanoid sand people? And he tells Natalie Portman, and she's just like, she didn't even say anything. Yeah, she's like, oh, well. She's the most yeah. ride or die chick in the world. She just hugs yeah, him. I, like, I love that argument. She's like, yeah. it's all good. It's all good. Man. <laughs> it's like, hey, chill. Come chill, here. Chill. Come here. Give me a hug, a hug mama. Jedi, Come know? hug mama. We're going to be a genocidal boy. Right <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, guys, this has been fun. Yeah, we got to really roll. We got to roll. We're out of time. Uh, T-Bob, Nick, Jesse, Nick, take us out. Like I said, I don't know when the next episode will be. Um, but 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 a good you know a good uh, estimation point if you were looking for it would be next month. Yeah, whenever uh, Clone, Clone Wars, Wars drops. comes out. So we, maybe we'll do like a pre Clone Wars episode and then a yes. post Clone Wars episode. That's a great or idea. Split it up. So this will not be the last you're hearing from the Four Mandalore podcast. Nick, take us away, guys. Thank you so much for listening. Uh, as we do every week, want to thank you guys, our listener base. Uh, if you'd like to reach out to us, we're at Four Mandalore Pod on Twitter. Um, love to answer all your questions, have a conversation. Please hit us up, uh, formandalorepodcast at gmail.com. Uh, thank you guys so much again for listening, and we hope to be back very soon talking all things Clone Wars and the new season that's coming out very soon. But guys, have a great day. Thank you so much for listening.